such a shame Left here in vain Follow the kid Trying to find my groove Just trying to find my groove listening to the show, Yvonne. We still got a seat for you, but uh, you gave me the keys to the studio. I'm going to see what kind of mess I can make. Our guest tonight is one of my favorite guests, and I don't say that uh, with with a whole lot of, you know, lies or deceit or any of that. I love talking to this guy. We've talked plenty of times. His name is Ed Roman. He is our friend, our family of Off the Chain. 
He's an award winner, song, uh, singer-songwriter, performer, and multi-instrumentalist from Shelbourne, Ontario, Canada. Blurring the lines between pop, rock, folk, and country music genres, Ed's uniquely crafted songs have received regular rotation on more than 100 terrestrial radio stations across North America and more than 400 stations worldwide. Ed is a 2014 Artist Music Guild Award nominee, a 2014 International Music and Entertainment Association Award winner, a two-time 2015 IMEA Award nominee, a 2015 and 2016 Josie Show Award nominee, an Academia Awards winner, and a two-time Indie Music Channel Award winner. Ed has performed at the Red Gorilla Music Festival during SXSW, the Millennial Music Conference, uh, excuse me, the Millennium Music Conference. Oh, I'm so glad Yvonne wasn't here to hear me say Millennial. <laughs> and SS Cape May, and he has toured both New York City and Philly. Recently, this top100mtv.com and number one Reverb Nation artist traveled to Jamaica to deliver much-needed humanitarian aid to the island while shooting the music video for Jamaica. That is also a heart songs for veterans artist donating money to help veterans with his single and top 10 yallwire.com video lay one down his last album letters from high latitudes an homage to his ontario home was a critically acclaimed vehicle for ed's socio-political earthly conscious and globally aware messages this earthy funky and magical mix of music has earned ed roman airplay chart recognition and won over legions of fans around the world known as edheads now, Ed has returned with a brand new album, Red Omen, produced with renowned producer Michael Jack. The album, featuring the first single and video, I Am Love, is out June 7, 2016. Ed Roman is managed by the prestigious MTS Management Group. To learn more about Ed, visit his website. Ed Roman, good Lord. I almost ran out of breath reading your bio. <laughs> Ian, how are you? I'm good, my friend. I'm good. I miss you. I, I know we were talking about that during the, uh, the, uh, you know, the entrance of the show. That you know, you're you're one of my favorites, and I, I definitely enjoy our conversations. They go all over the place. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and I mean, as you mentioned, Yvonne's not on the show tonight, but you guys are like family, and it's and it's always a man. We've had some crazy conversations, and they've gone all over the place. Remember, we did those two episodes all on music and anthropology, and it, it just we like did. It's, fun. We, it's fun. It's fun. We became musical anthropologists together. It was a good time, and I, I think our listeners actually learned a lot. Um, I know I learned a lot, so I appreciate you um, sharing your musical knowledge with us and kind of traversing through the stages of music. So what have you been up to, man? What's going on? Well, it's funny you say that because I was just going to be talking to my producer tomorrow um, about putting some new singles together uh, just because it, it's time. I mean, the latest single has been out since November, um, and mm-hmm. two more singles have come prior to that. And i just feeling like spring mm-hmm. is on the way, and it's time to it's time to, to set something in motion again. So I, I, I'm excited about just getting into the studio to finish a bunch of things up. And I'm <laughs> also on the on the other end of the scale, unrelated to music, I've got like <laughs> about 600 seeds started for 
growing food this summer from, you know, peppers and tomatoes and gourds and squash and cucumbers and uh, all, all kinds of things. So I've been trying to keep busy and happy just being physical and tactical. Yeah, you actually um, talked about that before the show as well, that you, you can kind of feel the the bloom ambiance of the world right now. And it's strange because we're now opening things up. I don't know what uh, Canada is doing right now, but I know in, in America we're, you know, doing uh, optional masks and businesses are opening up again. So um, it's kind of strange that you bring up spring and it's like we're transitioning to a new uh, season out of what Yvonne lovingly calls the silly the silly years. Yeah, yeah, the winter and, and, and just everything that's going on with with humanity right now. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's fun. I often think of my grandparents more so now mm-hmm. because of circumstances, whether it be the pandemic or what's going on in the Ukraine or things that are like that. Like, my family left mm-hmm. Europe at a time when it was crazy. I mean, fascism was mm-hmm. beginning to take hold, and my grandfather left Europe and was disowned by his family and came here and made coffins for a couple of years uh, to make money yeah. in order to bring my grandmother to, to, to Canada. But the thing that mm-hmm. I, the struggles that they went through, I'm always reminded of their disposition, even though they went through those things. So as a young person listening to my grandparents tell stories and things like that, I, I I was always, like, first of all, freaked out that, you know, well, my grandfather escaped from prisoner of war camps and was shot, you know, and all these different kinds of things yeah. that happened. But his his disposition was reflective of what he did every day. So in, in my mm-hmm. family, we had, you know, we were busy because we were farmers. So we had cattle, we had chickens, we had an orchard, we grew a lot of food, like, you know, 1,500 acres of wheat, barley, alfalfa, uh, everything you can possibly think of. Aside from that, my grandparents, my grandfather was an engineer. Even though my dad was an agriculturist and a farmer, he was also, you know, a public servant. So there's this duality that I was exposed to as, as a young person, realizing no matter what hurdle or conundrum or difficulty or faction of tyranny we may be fierce or forced to face that this mm-hmm. idea of continually functioning every day no matter what is what creates that mm-hmm. sort of healthy disposition for yourself and hopefully then it becomes reflective in everything that you do and who you talk to every day for yourself right yeah I, I remember last time we talked about that that um, a lot of your music style and all that is indicative of what your family went through. Um, finding, you know, sun through the rain clouds, stuff like that. And I thought that was really neat because um, we both share that same story that uh, my family actually came from um, Bavaria and we got kicked out by the Catholic Church. Same same kind of scenario. We got disowned and uh, we're like, hey, this America thing, that sounds kind of cool. 1776, let's pop on over there and check that out. Right. Lo and behold, I mean, same thing. And um, I, I think you always have to respect the past to respect where you're going, right? We talked about that last time, too, that um, laying the foundation, right? And especially us as indie artists, we are laying the foundation for other indie artists to come. And um, I, I don't remember who said it, but they said it was kind of like 
uh, quicksand, right? You, you lay a little bridge every time, and you just make it that much easier to cross over that quicksand, and you won't get swallowed up by everything negative that we don't really appreciate in our in our industry. And, well, um, and perspectively, people like, like you, yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's, per, it's perspective. I mean, I mean, you 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 can lay the. That's the thing. Uh, the quicksand is there, and the laying of mo- like micro bridges to get from A to B is important. Maybe mm-hmm. the tragedy of the quicksand is is the, the the sort of difficulty of the moment. But when you cross mm-hmm. that quicksand and you get to the other side, that's the victory. Let's just mm-hmm. say. But ultimately, the victory. Well, ultimately, the victory isn't like it's it's kind of alchemic in a way. In other words. Mm-hmm. The victory is important because you're safe and you've made it across the pitfall. But using your mind, your body, skill, patience, and all of these other things to cross that treachery somehow is more of a reward than getting across. And your realization of it is it has the same value. So, like, in the moment, it's hard because you may be frustrated, like if you're talking about an independent artist, maybe not gigs happening or something's not working properly. The important thing is that you're, you you realize that you are functioning in it. It's even hard for some people to take the heroic leap out of something they've been doing in order to, to be an independent artist because there are so many pitfalls and it detours a lot of people from doing, you know, thinking that they can make something happen. And that's true in, mm-hmm. in many cases. But, but, man, the reward and the victory at the end of the quicksand and looking back, knowing that you did do it, and that you somehow those struggles made you stronger, in those ways you start going, well, damn, I'm sure glad I did take the journey, because that's the gold itself. Yeah. Well, and not every death is a sad thing. Every death could be a new beginning, a new door opening. Um, and I'm saying death now in the in the metaphorical sense of, when one thing ends, another thing begins, yada, yada, yada. Not everything's meant to last forever besides, you know, hopes and dreams, that's, I guess, right? Everyone yeah, has I hopes and dreams. <laughs> that's the be- Of course, and I think that's the beautiful and sad sort of soliloquy of existence in that way is that there can be no true beauty without decay. That through this mm-hmm. process, you you end up realizing how precious life and how beautiful it is through that decay. And, and, and unless 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 you're you're you have a different perspective of what you think is, you know, and, and this is more of a philosophical thing personally, but like, I <laughs> I like elderly people. I, some of them are my friends. I have octogenarians and septuagenarians that I know and I talk to on a regular basis. And that doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm weird because I'm in my fifties and I have friends that are thirty years older than I am. But I learn, like you I mean, said, hopefully we learn something from each other, and then I learn a tremendous amount of things from older people all the time. Right. Well, and I mean, you're not that much weirder because who, who am I co-hosting with? I mean, my friends are a little bit older than me too, so we won't say yeah. how much older, right? She's only about maybe 10 years older than me, right? Right. Okay. Vaughn's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you feel the gun in the back of my head right now? I Ed, do. I got the trigger. Me. I heard the click from the me. trigger. Click. I, yeah, I know. I told you. I told you. She's always listening. She's listening. So um, I want to go back to the song that we played because that's a new one that I've heard uh, that I've never heard. And I believe you 
Is that one that you were going to debut on the show for us? Oh, no, that was I Am Love, I think, way back when. Um, but that song... Oh, was is, it? Yeah, but that song is, is still, like, I mean, you know, the funny thing about lyrics and, and songs and stuff is, like, you write them and you're feeling them and they're reactory because of the moment. So you feel like the language needs to live in the moment. Those lyrics are a little older that you played, not that much older, but, you know, they're not immediate from, like, last month or something. But But choosing them and hopefully hopefully you feel that they transcend time and space in some way the language still has some sense of poignantness to the living moment and that last song that you played wow i was listening to all you're playing and i'm like yeah there's still a lot of things in this song and why i wrote it even years ago and i and maybe it was reflective of what i was expecting maybe there's a sense of prognostication Inside it, inside <laughs> it, and, and sometimes I think art does that. It, it has this sort of yeah. suggestive aspect to it, like, well, we may not be there right now, but the possibilities mm-hmm. of us getting there maybe one day, and the track record of certain things may lead us to this position. So it's funny that you play that because as a Canadian right now, I don't know how free I feel, right? As I laugh about it. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you have yeah. to laugh through the pain, or else it's just pain. But no, I, I agree with you. Um, I think every artist can resonate with that, that uh, every piece that they make is a snapshot of them at that time. There's some stories that I read now that I wrote, and I'm kind of shocked that uh, I let anybody see that piece of my heart or piece of my mind, or I was so brazen and bold at the time to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to publish this. Like Looking back at the time frame and what I was going through and what I wrote about, I'm mildly terrified of myself. I want to go back to the 23-year-old and be like, what were you doing, you dumb? And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but, but that's it. That's, you know, it. that's, it. that's the exactly. exposure, right? The heroic leap of like, well, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what I've been thinking right. about. And can you relate well, and, or can and you not, right? Exactly. And I think because of those stories, I had a lot come my way. And, you know, how that's going to segue in just a couple of seconds, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's my favorite song of you. I play it every time you're on the show. Oh, thanks, man. So I got to play yeah. it one more time. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm always happy to hear that tune, and it's a fun, it, it feels good. It came from the right, like, like lyrics, like again, we're talking about it. It felt like it came mm-hmm. from the right place, and you, you some like, you know, lyrics take sometimes time to unfold, and other times they feel like they just sort of fall to the page because it, it your acceptance of, of the questions it's asking of you comes that much quicker. And that was one of those songs yeah. where I almost felt like, it, you know, I had written it just after a buddy of mine had passed away, and I almost felt like he was, like, dictating it to me in a weird way, you know, as esoteric as that. Yeah, is. Isn't, it, isn't it weird when you always feel like someone's pulling your strings? You're like, hey, get off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where like, did this come from? You. But I'm happy about it. At the end, you look and you go, "Wow, that was that was cool." Like, I'm and I'm I'll, I'm good with it. Are you good with it? You know, right? Exactly. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is our friend and family member, artist Ed Roman. He is here in the house on the studio. I am your host temporarily for tonight. Yvonne will come back. The show will go back to normal. I promise. I just tied her up and threw her in the closet, okay? She had to take a break. <laughs> but this is our friend, Ed Roman, and he's going to be singing a song for us right now. 
It's going to be called Coming My Way. It's my favorite song from him. So I hope you all enjoy it too. Every day I've been waiting for the sunshine It's been coming my way And oh It's been coming my way I've been dancing at a hold down Love to chew the fat with folk I've been sipping on the moonshine I've been telling dirty jokes And oh, oh, oh It's a coming my way chain tonight. I am your host, Ian Bush. My uh, typical host, Yvonne Mason, is still screaming in the closet, wanting to be broken free of her chains, but I will not allow it. I am with my guest, Ed Roman. He has uh, this wonderful song coming my way that I seriously play every single time that he's on the show. And I listen to it on YouTube. And I want all of you to go on YouTube 
and all his social medias and listen to that song. Not right now, as Yvonne says, because if you do, she will hunt you once she's freed from her chains. But that song, Ed, that song really resonates with me a lot. Um, it's a coming-to-age song to me. It's a retrospective song. I could see that as like an old man or an old woman looking back at their life and saying, hey, you know, I did all these things, all these adventures, all this, and that's that's how it got me to where I am today. There's so much in that song, man. And, you know, for an indie artist, that that hits deep, man. That really hits deep. So thank you for, for producing this song and, and writing this song. Oh. You there, Ed? Hello, you there? Hello? Yeah, you... <laughs> Yeah, there you oh. are. You do the same thing I do, where the mute button comes. I hit the mute. I, I thought I double hit it. I thought I. Du- I'm sorry, man. I. I. I, I um, no, dude. I've done that so many times. Don't even. Like, I am. Yvonne makes fun I'm, of I'm humbled now. by what you said. I don't think you heard what I said. I. I have to say, like you were talking before, and you mentioned about you know, showing lyrics and ideas to people when you're younger, and like, well, how could I have done this, or how could I have published things. You know, we were, when the song was playing, I was just sort of thinking about what you had said, and and you know, music is beautiful. Like the, the expression of art in general is a beautiful thing, but you know, I I kind of see it akin to like a child or a baby being born. You know, it sometimes the experience of 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 feeling those things, and this is sort of ties into what you just said about the song, is that it's very violent. It's very violative in a way that it's a form of a, a humble admittal of, of, of things that that we can grasp or maybe not grasp sometimes in our in our lives. And mm-hmm. that song is is one of those things. It has feelings for me inside of it because it is an expression of of the moment. Is it worth doing what I do? Is it worth feeling what I feel? You know, I, I'm always asking myself those kinds of questions. Even that song, people say, oh, the song I Am Love, it's such a positive, upbeat number. Like, where did it come from? And I'm like, from, you know, a pretty dark place in my life. You know, when I, 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 was, I was really, I'm, I'm, it's true, but like, it's like, it's like a, a Jim Jaramouche film. I mean, it, it, it kind of comes from a point of like admittal and frustration and an anxiety and fear, as you've mentioned the word fear a couple of times. And we're no, all not strangers to those things. But when I listen back, I, I, I realize that, that they, they are just that. They are, they're my, they're admittals. They're, they're some sort of conscious idea, you know, made palatable, hopefully for myself first. I mean, I don't want to sound, um, you know, um, how, how might I say, um, uh, caught in the moment of my own lyrics. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I, I write for me. I mean, I want the music to translate in some way to a bigger place or the public or, or, or anybody that's feeling it. Like your words about the song are very mm-hmm. humbling. But I have to cathartically release myself on a regular basis. I'm like a pressure cooker. And if I don't <laughs> let off some lyrics every once in a while, and then it, what it allows then, as you must realize too, and other people that write, they go, I'm glad I did it. 
I'm glad mm-hmm. I took the time to to let off that steam because it created this this new feeling in me. And when I look back at it, I realize, like like crossing the quicksand again, I'm glad I took mm-hmm. those emotional journeys because suppressing all those feelings and anxieties and never really trying to illustrate it in some way, for me personally, yeah. that's a travesty of art, the loss of, of, of the inertia inside of creation. So, you know, it, it is kind of feels like an older tune, you know, like it, it has that kind of, you know, and when we were cutting it, Mike Jack said the same thing. Try to think about it like you're an older cat sitting in a chair singing to some kids about life experience. So your 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 mm-hmm. words were right right on the money. We tried to kind of capture that feeling of an old world, you know, story, if you will. Well, I can't I can't take all the credit for for this. Yvonne has definitely taught me, you know, a lot and and how to be more introspective and how to dig deep. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, you, you really appreciate my words, but I got to give it to her. Can you still feel the gun in the back of my head? <laughs> She's Why like, have you not called nine one one? Yeah, right. <laughs> she keeps doing that mom thing where she keeps pulling the back of my my little hairs in the back of my neck. Like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do. I really resonate with that song, man. And um, I, I love playing it every time we're on the show. Thank so you, please take that compliment um, for sure and, and, and own it. Like, don't don't even have to humble yourself, man. Just own it. Like, you you really made a masterpiece with that song. It. And, it, it, you know, and it, it's so strange, too, because you even got, like, the perfect time on it, too. Like, it is a three-minute, 44-song. Uh, I'm sorry, three-minute, 44-second song. See, I'm so excited I can't even spit out the sentence. It's, like, the perfect time for that song to go through all the transitions that it needed. Like, you really put thought into that, man. And, like, anybody who hears that song, if they don't feel what I feel they're they're tone deaf and we'll oh, still man. keep you on the show but you know i mean like, we, honestly we, 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 we won't value your opinion that, as much as others <laughs> that song came out so fast ian like within five minutes it's yeah. funny when mike and i were cutting tunes for that record and he came in that afternoon or late morning we started and he said so what are we doing today and i said well i wrote this tune last night and it came out really good he said, "Well, play it so i played it and he's like it's great and I'm like, well, let's cut it. So what we were going to do that day, we put on hold and we cut and we and we worked on that. And it, you know, I, it, I felt it that I'll take responsibility for that where it came from. And like I said, in some ways, I kind of don't know. Mike Jack also like had an incredible hand in his engineering skills to really bring that tune into the forefront. So when you listen to it on a small little radio <laughs> or a big system or something like it, it it kicks. It's there's a big big drum in it. Yeah. You know when the when the when the tune the second verse kicks in. I mean it's a it's a, a 36 inch marching bass drum, you know that's detuned to like a low D. So it, even the drum itself that's being played in those spots offset of the clapping is tuned, you know properly to the the, the number. So like you know and, and it was one of those afternoons where after the fact you're like hey what a great day it just sort of happened and. The tune came out, we yeah. recorded it, and honestly, it, it it has had so much radio airplay and attention, that number. And I I remember hearing other people in the past talk about writing experiences and songs, and they were like, well, it came out really quickly, and we recorded it, and, and it did really well. So I, I don't want to question stuff. 
too much if it comes out quickly. Like sometimes no. people get nervous and they go, that was too fast. Like that's maybe we should think about. Yes, you could think about it a little bit more, but sometimes you can lose yourself, you know, up your own rear end worrying too much about the process. <laughs> right. And, and and as I've gotten well, older. Think, oh. No, it's okay. Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> we are from the same place, aren't we? We both oop and like, oh, no, no, you. No, you. No, no. You go through the stop sign. Yeah, well, first. I don't it's shut okay. up. So I got to, you know, I got to tell myself. We both don't. That's the, that's the beauty of, of each other. We complement each other so well. No, um, I hate that too, but the, the thing that I love about indie artists is that they have that tenacity. It doesn't matter if they're writing songs or writing books or whatever. They don't question things. They have so much um, confidence behind themselves. They don't need the big names to tell them they're doing a good job. They don't need reassurance from their peers like oh yeah that's really good like we just get out there and we just get it done and if it if it flops it flops but if it doesn't then it doesn't and I, I think that's what's really cool that I resonate with you with what you're talking about is like you're like oh it was so quick and I was really you know I was like oh that was a little fast but then you're like you know what no just send it see what happens well, that's it, and I think that that's the, when I feel like, okay, like even in the yesteryear of, of music and recording, if we're talking time frame of like the 60s and 70s, and you watch like a documentary like The Wrecking Crew or something like this or Muscle Shoals, you see how the formation of these classic numbers with fantastic artists like Aretha Franklin or whoever it may have been all evolved oh, yeah. through this sort of like expressive feeling moment and in, and in time, you know, somebody had a riff, things were built. Sometimes the song wasn't mm-hmm. even written when people showed up into the studio. But they were always based on these kinds of feelings that people were creating. And so often, I think today in the, in the industry, you mentioned the independent industry, it's one thing than the, the, the big, you know, Leviathan a legacy industry. The you're right. We can do whatever we want because the approval is, is we're looking for is from ourselves that we created something every day that we're happy about it. But there's so much control in the corporate system that sometimes in very short order, quite often, you may not have that same feeling in an artist because there are now restrictions inside of what gets mm-hmm. written or how it gets performed or what they deem to be palatable, or how they want it to present. So the industry many years ago when it really started to develop, if you think about it, in the 60s and 70s and stuff, and even before that, it, radio and rock and roll broke out of, like, you know, the, the fact that TV was created. And all of a sudden, there were all these little record companies and other record companies that popped up that started signing people. They didn't know what it was, but they, they said, sounds like music. And there was such a diversity inside of music for over, you know, two decades. And growth, I'm talking <laughs> That, that, you know, it has that reminiscent feeling of that era that birthed with technology that almost makes that era feel independent because it wasn't so corporatized. And then we have more of a corporate industry that kicks in through the late 80s, 80s, excuse me, 90s, 70s to 90s and on into what we have today. And even today, maybe even argued that those industries really aren't what they used to be. The the real industry is in the independent, in the middle stream or the undercurrent of things, because that's where good creativity is happening, and, and people are being fun and, and, and just off the chain, as you say, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. No, I, I completely agree with you, man. And, um, you know, I actually saw 
a little bit of that when I was a kid with uh, Jim Morrison and the Doors. And everyone always used to make fun of me because they're like, oh, man, like, that's some, that's some weird hippie stuff there. And I'm like, no, man, like, he just got out there and he lived it and he did it and he didn't care. He just was like, this is my art. I want it. And he just went after it. And I love that tenacity. You don't see that in a lot of the artists or maybe it's just not as mainstream as, as you know, Jim Morrison and his untimely death. But um, that really inspired me as an artist, uh, obviously not to, you know, drop acid and, and do crazy stuff, but to have that tenacity of, hey, I'm just going to write. And if you like it, I'm glad. And if you don't, read the next one. <laughs> maybe maybe the next one will, will, will do it for you. But I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to get after it. And I think um, exactly what we talked about tonight, the older I got, the more other things started to creep into my art. Um, for better or for worse, creep is a, a negative term, right? But there were other factors in my life that started to take a little bit more precedence and that's okay because we've had plenty of artists who've come on the show and said, Hey, I, I took a hiatus. I lived a life. I did a career. I raised a family and then I came back. And I think your, your, your um, story is very similar to that. Is it not? I, I think you took a little bit of a break at some point in your career and you came back, correct? Yeah. I mean, special ed and the musically challenged and the band itself, you know, we played and recorded a lot of music and put out a bunch of records and we toured. Um, and then when I moved up north to farming country and I was outside of Toronto, it became more and more difficult. I was still teaching, but at the same time, you know, it just we didn't have the same connections as bandmates. And I went wholeheartedly into taking a bit of time off, but not taking time off from writing because I spent a lot <laughs> of time writing. I put out a double album a couple years after the band broke up. And I didn't stop, really, as a writer or an independent artist. I've kind of been producing music since. But the last two years has been extremely difficult, I think, for any artist to make things work with the way things are, uh, from travel to, to it's playing somewhere or whatever it might be. So, uh, But again, I haven't stopped writing. I just The fluidity and the nature of what the industry was two years ago prior to the pandemic is completely deflated in so many ways. So, but Indeed. That, like I said, I haven't I haven't stopped by any means. Um, but, but no, you just kind of adapted to the current culture. I don't think it's bad to to take a break no, yeah. either. That's like sometimes people say, "Well, why aren't you listening to music all the time?" Like because I play it. Like I, I I'm, a, I'm also a very vi I'm also a very visual person. I'm really into film, and I and I and I like old film stuff that was made in the 20s, all the way up until today. <laughs> so I I get inspiration in other places because if I don't, I stagnate or or I'm I'm looking in looking at music in a way that's too reverent, that doesn't allow me to break out of my shell to have I'm taking myself too seriously. Do you know what I mean? I'm not having the kind of fun that I that I want to have, and whether it's the writing experience or the recording experience or, or whatever it may be. But, you know, again, like I say, the industry has changed so much that it doesn't matter to me what happens tomorrow. I know that if I write something, I'm writing it because I need to. I'm needing to sit down with my instrument and say this and feel this. I might not even know what it is.
right off the top, but mm-hmm. I'm playing with it and it's playing with me. And and when that happens, I feel more connected to myself because I'm I'm being pulled through the creative process. It's not me yeah. trying to say I'm going to create something that's sort of like this vibe of this other. I don't want to do that. I've I, I've I work in, and I've still to this day somebody next over even will send me stuff and they go like, you know this client needs something that sort of sounds like this. Can you get me something by Thursday? And, and I do that for commercial work and stuff. But it's not my thing because I don't want to imitate. I'm and and it's hard to say like you know. Certain songs may have reminiscent feelings of things from the past or things that, you know, you may are, are current or whatever. But what makes them original is your 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 connectivity to them and, and how they connect to you. Like people could say, well, that song, you know, coming my way is just three chords. Yeah, it is. There's been a lot of three chord songs written and, and maybe in that formation at some point. But my expression, the things that I was feeling through the process came from an earnest place, and that's why I accept it. And when I accept mm-hmm. it, then it feels real to me, and hopefully it feels real to somebody else. Because later down the road, a decade from now, if I listen to it and it doesn't feel that way, it, I, I feel the contravity and it feels shameful to me. I don't want to feel yeah. that way in, in the artistic process to me. So so it's it's ongoing. I mean, and, and if you decide to rest on your laurels for a while, it's not a bad thing. There are other people that need to express too. And the important thing yeah. is that you 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 are who you are. That's it. Yeah, I I, um, I really appreciate that comment because I did the same thing with my writing. Um, we've talked about my daughter on the show entirely too much. She's going to grow up and hear all these shows and be like, oh, dad. I I already hear it. I already know it. But um, that's exactly why I got into writing. I didn't know I was going to have this little girl in my life, and I got into writing because. Um, tragically with my family we don't have a lot of things that are passed down through generations Um, they're not materialistic people Um, I even remember growing up um, I would be like oh man I wish I could take a photo of this and they would jokingly put their fingers in a box and go click there you go put that in your uh, (laughs) mental uh, photo book there Ian enjoy that and I'm like god that's not what I want so writing to me was exactly what you said. I had to get these things out of me. They were tearing me apart. It was all this creativity that I wanted other people to enjoy with me, right? But another part of me was I wanted my daughter, which, I, again, I didn't know I was going to have a daughter at the time. Um, I wanted her to have a piece of me forever, even if I'm not here. These radio shows will always be here, and she'll always hear her dad's voice and have that comfort you know my future spouse will always have these these video clips and and radio show clips and all that to kind of hold on to and and even family members right and and all of that and that's kind of why i got into the indie artist realm was because i wanted to leave something behind that not only entertained people not only just took them out of the you know crappy circumstances of their life for just a little bit but at the end of the day God, I just wanted something to to be given from me to my kids and for them to be like, hey, that's that's Grandpa. Like, he's crazy, isn't he? He, he sounds like a goof. Yeah, Grandpa does sound like a goof. <laughs> but not. Like, that's, you're laughing at yourself. You're poking yourself here. And But, you know, it's funny. Okay, like, 
we have things that maybe you this is you, what you said is the catalyst. I may not have a lot of things that are heirloomic that are passed down from generation to generation. Some people have more, some people don't. Mm-hmm. But what those things are in some ways, if they're a ring, let's say, or you know, a jacket or something from your granddad or whatever, grandmother's ring, mm-hmm. they're material. They won't <laughs> last. But I think one of the things that my grandfather and and even parents and grandmother especially that they gave me as an heirloom that will transcend time and space is passion. And what mm-hmm. you're doing, you're making fun of yourself about it. But the reality <laughs> of it is, is what you're showing your daughter is your passion and exuberance for existence. And sometimes mm-hmm. people don't have those people in their families, which are heirlooms themselves. Because as yeah. much as my grandmother is no longer with me, she's still with me. And in my heart and right. in my mind and my memory, she is an heirloom. And I don't like not material, right? But but mm-hmm. but so often I think of, because of a statement, uh, an, uh, an affectionate moment, uh, something that she said or did in some way that re-empowers me. So that's the passion that transcends time and space because they all, my, even my parents, mom and dad and grandpa, I don't, we don't care what you do so long as you're happy mm-hmm. doing what you're doing and right. you're passionate about it. And and by yeah. taking those steps for your daughter or journaling or writing or doing these shows, it's an example yeah. of, 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 your, of your creativity and passion as a human, right? That's, not a, that's a good thing. And I, I, I have to highlight... I have to highlight the next generation of authors. She wrote an amazing book about snow foxes, and it's it's being sent to my house, and I'm gonna hold on to that. But we got we got ourselves a little author, and even um, two boys that I consider like stepsons to me. I see their creativity too; it's blooming. So I'm I'm excited to to raise the next generation of indie artists, if you will, or at least creative people, because man, like, ugh, the world well, loses creativity. Dude is the key. Is the key. That's the watering can of life. Is encouragement because. Oh yeah. I struggled as a dyslexic, and I played a lot of music, but I had encouragement on a regular basis. Whether it was my family showing mm-hmm. me off as a seven-year-old singing in the kitchen to family and friends, or you <laughs> right. know, no, you can do this. You will get into college. You will, you know, you you, yeah. you work hard at it. I'm proud of you. Da-da. Those those moments of of pride are, like I said, the watering can for for those kids because they feel like it's not just their experience, but there's this sense of approval without having to go looking for it. And sometimes when you have oh, to yeah. go looking for approval in other places and you don't find it in your house, it can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing sometimes. May lead you. Well, down and it's funny path. that you mention your dyslexia because I actually grew up. Um, I, I believe we've talked about this. I think every show that you and I are on, we, we connect with that, that the cards were kind of stacked against us. And I know Yvonne loves talking about that, how, like, you know, the cards don't define her as she defines the cards, right? But when I grew up, um, the skin under my tongue grew too long. And you can sometimes hear it if I get too excited. I'll revert back to the old way I used to talk. Um, and I had a speech impediment. Um, I just could not form the words properly. And... Um, you know, back in the 90s, 
that was instantaneous mental retardation. It didn't matter if I, you know, was reading Lord of the Rings in fourth grade or writing books in fifth grade or getting straight A's. They're like, oh, no. We, he obviously is good on paper, but when you look at him, he looks like a lame duck. And, you know, I, I always challenge people about that, that, you know, sometimes yeah, you know, we fun. have talents. Go ahead. No, no, it's funny you say that because I, do you think that you would be who you are today without those challenges? Um, ouch. Wasn't I interviewing you tonight? What? what who who no, are you on? I, I asked myself the same question. Somebody <laughs> asked. I was I was I was doing I was doing a documentary <laughs> on dyslexia, and one of the people that yeah. I interviewed, she's the head of the special education department at U of T. She asked me that question mm-hmm. on camera while I'm interviewing her. And I put it in the documentary <laughs> because oh, I think and then you hel- gave me you gave me the same gift. I, I feel that now. Yeah, You're like, oh, this is it. This is it. Feel it's my pain. Struggle. It's the struggle that makes it me stronger. You know, funny. Now I'm germinating seeds, right? So my tomatoes and my peppers yeah. and everything that are co- are coming up. If I leave them in an optimum environment with perfect heat, perfect temperature, perfect mm-hmm. humidity, perfect light, grow. they will start They'll to grow. get weak. They, no, they will get weak. This is what's what? funny. As soon. As soon as they germinate and they come up and they're just like about an inch tall, right? Just two little leaves and they're just little like runts, right? If I let them uh-huh. stay that way inside of a dome with a light, the correct humidity and everything, they will start to get weak. As soon as wind, hmm. you take them outside in normal sunlight or they get some wind, they will fall over, they will struggle. And some of them, maybe even 50% of them may die. What I ultimately do, and I will in the next week, is take all the domes and everything I have off and put a fan on everything and make them struggle. And the reason I do that is because they will grow twice as quick under that state of struggle. So I, I, I'm reminding myself when I'm asking you the question, because <laughs> it's the same thing. When you're in the middle of the can of crap, you must be getting stronger in some way as we laugh in the face of, you know, of, of, of it all, right? I, I always jokingly tell people I'm like a mental cockroach. You're just going to have to nuke me, and I'll still keep coming back. <laughs> but it is funny that uh, we're talking about this, right, because um, – that was actually one of my biggest things. You know, I'm in, I'm in therapy. I'm in counseling. I'm, I'm pretty uh, open. I'm kind of an advocate for finding the right therapist, right? Don't go find any therapist. You have to find the one that jives with you, clicks with you, all that. And I finally found one after six, seven years, right? And a lot of stuff has um, came out from that, right? And one of the big things that he, he told me, he's like, dude, you're a radio show dude. You're an indie artist. You're a firefighter. You're a father. And guess what? You know what sucks about you? I think sometimes you still think you're the retarded kid in fourth grade. Yep. That's what and I then I wanted to Yeah, and I wanted to beat him. <laughs> but because the you German know, in me. Right, because you know, <laughs> it, it's so it's so hard sometimes to pull yourself outside of yourself to look at who you are today. Because yeah. those oh, yeah. impacts, it's like it's almost like you know when you put a nail in a fence, and you put a nail in that fence, yeah. and, and then yeah. and that's like you, you see it there. But when you pull it out, there's a mark that's left. That mark will never right. go away from that fence. 
And it's the same kind of thing. You have to remember that it, the, what's more important is the, that there's a, there's a fence there to protect you from the animals or to keep your animals in there. So I, I'm mm-hmm. reminding myself of the same thing sometimes when I'm talking about dyslexia. It's not something that I feel that happened to me. It's just something that I'm reminding mm-hmm. myself that I've, I was forced to deal with. But that doesn't right. make it any, any worse. Or it, just, it was tough. Don't get me wrong, right? Like some of the things were very difficult oh, yeah. to deal with in school, but now, you know now it's a completely different story. You can look back and say that. Well, not tune our own horn, but we're strong enough to talk about it where other people are shy about it, and that's not dissing anybody who isn't ready to talk about it in their own time. But I don't think a lot of people openly come forward and say these were the struggles that I experienced, and this is who made me the person that I am today. And I'm telling you these stories so then maybe you can pull, like, just a small thread and just be a better human being, you know, leaving those seats, right? So I I really applaud us tonight. And, you know, the unfortunate thing, I hate this, buddy. Do you know what time it is? I'm going to look right. It's it's almost (laughs) We have seven minutes left of the show. (laughs) Well, it's always time. Every time. So I'm I'm gonna ask you. We need to come back and we need to keep the conversation rolling. I, I bet you yes. uh, a lot of listeners took a lot of good uh, good seats tonight. No pun intended, right? They're, they they took a lot of good information from us. So please come back. Bring your music. I want to play one more song. I'm sorry, but I wasn't gonna interrupt our conversation. We're both Jabber Jaws and Jabber Jaws Unite, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you will come back, correct? Yes, absolutely, and you're going to have to say hi to Yvonne, and I hope the, her new house move and everything goes well, and 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 I'm sure she's oh, yeah. going to have a, a spiffy setup in there once it's all up and running. Oh, yeah, of course. You, you know she does everything in style and class, yeah. and she goes all out with everything she does, so we, we love her. We miss her. But um, I'll be back, with, though, man. You can count on it. Always good talking to you, Ian. You too, man. I miss you. Yeah, you too, man. You too. It's funny how a Michigander and a Canadian could could uh, meet and end up missing each other. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a good chat, so I mean, it's just like seeing an old friend. Like, hey, man, mean. what's going on? Like, oh, you know, right? It'll go. <laughs> and it just so happens that you know, 150,000 people across the world are listening to good old friends catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always well, bizarre? You said, You're you like, oh yeah, though, it man, feels it, like we're. No, it's just it's like as you said, it's people just sharing stories and and telling stories oh, yeah. is a part oh, yeah. of communication. So it's uh, you know if we're if we're off the chain slightly because of it, I'm sure they won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll be flogged later. I'd rather uh, ask for forgiveness than permission. So hey, with uh, five-ish minutes left, words of wisdom, what you got? I know we've poured a lot on the listeners, but. Let, let us know uh, what you're Words thinking. of wisdom. Oh, I'll yeah. quote Bob Marley if I could. I'm going to say don't, because you mentioned history before. And and it's mm-hmm. important to live in the now. So, you know, at the same time, it's important to think about the future or think seven generations ahead of you. But don't forget your history or your destiny. In the abundance of mm-hmm. water, the fool is thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> And you got to make them drown every once in a while, right? No. <laughs> There's always potential if you look to the horizon. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have 
definitely gone off the chain. I promise I will untie Yvonne maybe tomorrow. Not quite sure. Maybe next week. We shall see. But we have talked for an hour to our dear friend, family member, Ed Roman. I really appreciate you, bud. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having a good conversation. Hey, man, thank and, you. Uh, thank you. And stay, stay safe, I, man. I, I, You're not that far away, Michigan. Yeah, you so too. Maybe you'll be up for a trip one day. Oh, geez. Oh, I'm just going to go up the bridge and check you out a little bit. It's still a bit nip up there, isn't it? Oh, it's nippy. we got snow on the ground again, but I'm making maple syrup. <laughs> I'm making maple syrup. Oh, there we go. <laughs> some warm pancakes. <laughs> that was the yeah. worst Michigan accent that I could have done. I, I always make fun of the youpers because I'm a troll, right? What I'm about always Wisconsin? making fun of the youpers. Like, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was constant. <laughs> hey, bud, I saw you had some snow in front of your house. You want me to shovel that for you real quick? Dude, I cannot go back to Michigan now. All the the youpers are going to be all like, hey, that wasn't funny. I heard you in that show. That was not very nice. We don't sound like well, we that, love okay? You. We, only, we only joke and kid with the people we love here. Indeed, indeed. I guess that's my words of wisdom tonight. We always make fun of those that we love, and if I don't make fun of you, there's probably something wrong with you. <laughs> you're, you are not in my circle. <laughs> but don't bump. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, again, this has been an hour with Ed Roman. Thank you so much. Um, join us tomorrow. Uh, Yvonne may or may not be here, but guess what? The show keeps on keeping on. We don't need Yvonne. Yeah, we really do. But we won't let her know that so she can go focus on the things that she needs to focus on. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are talking to artist Corey Coons. He's another uh, frequent flyer on the show. You remember Corey, don't you, Ed? I do, actually. He and I have gigged together before. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, too. So Yeah, he's on MTS. Uh, join us tomorrow. Yeah, right. We blame everything on him. <laughs> 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 the successes, the failures, the everything. We just blame Michael Stover, <laughs> our dear friend. And, hey, if I wasn't making fun of him, it means I didn't like him. So there right. we go. Right. That That's was right. our words of wisdom in play. <laughs> so join us again, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will talk to Corey Coons. We will have more fun. We will be off the chain. We'll learn things. We will inspire and create art together. Ed, thank you again so much. I've said it three times. It's like a minute of goodbye, man. isn't thank it? Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I really I really hope to hear from you again soon, my friend. And I love yes, you, man. man. You be I'm, safe, I'm okay? I'm looking forward to the next chinwag. Oh, indeed, indeed. All right. Well, on that note, we bid all of you, ladies and gentlemen, good night. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Please, please keep the show running. We can't do it without the listeners. We are so excited to bring this content to you. And I know Yvonne would say the same. So until tomorrow, we bid you good night. Good night, everybody. Night, Bob. Night, Bob.